Thought Leadership Studio. You're listening to Thought Leadership Studio, the podcast that helps you master high-level positive mass influence to create distinctive business niches, captivate an audience, grow your following, and change the game by changing the frame with strategic thought leadership. Thought Leadership Studio. So today's episode is all about why NLP is so awesome for strategic thought leadership. I think you are really going to like this episode, but first let's have a quick message from our sponsor, Scorpion Helpers. And now for a message from our sponsor, Scorpion Helpers. Scorpions can only race up to a certain age before they are sidelined and put out to pasture, sometimes with debilitating injuries from their years of racing. Even the more famous ones are forgotten about and sometimes left to rot away in cages with a scrap of lobster artichoke salad thrown to them here and there. We want to find homes for these former racing scorpions. We want to let them live out their final years in a beautiful setting. You can give a retired racing scorpion a good retirement of living their golden years out in a ranch setting, free to roam, play, and frolic with the other retired racing scorpions for only $50 a month per quarter pound of scorpions. Sponsor a racing scorpion. Give them a good retirement. Scorpionhelpers.com Make a donation today and get a free bib with the Scorpion Helpers logo along with a signed picture of the former champion racing scorpion Ralph of the Atlantean Wildebeests. Scorpionhelpers.com Make a donation today. Save a scorpion from being relegated to a traveling circus where they're forced to play tricks and jump through hoops in front of a crowd in between being carried from city to city, all alone, and only one train car per scorpion per room. Make a donation today at scorpionhelpers.com.
Thought Leadership Studio. Sorry if I sound a little emotional. The story about those old racing scorpions always gets to me. But back to the episode about why NLP is so awesome for strategic thought leadership. It's been a primary toolkit for both developing thought leaders and developing programs of strategic thought leadership for us. So. One question is, what is NLP? Well, it stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming. So let's break it down. Neuro is the nervous system, our capabilities in thinking and acting. Linguistic is language, a structure of language that especially enables us to use it for programming that nervous system, for overcoming obstacles, resolving problems, and creating and sustaining outstanding levels of performance. Uh, NLP is originally developed in the 1970s by linguist Dr. John Grinder and then student Richard Bandler. They created a language for decoding the communication skills of persuasion masters like Milton Erickson, who's the father of modern hypnotherapy, and Fritz Perls, the founder of Gestalt therapy. So Bandler and Grinder's syntax makes the formerly mysterious abilities of these masters of persuasion and communication teachable. And they also use these tools for modeling and teaching excellence to model peak performers in sports, business, therapy, science, and other areas. And what NLP does is it, it treats the thinking patterns of high performance like computer code which enables decoding and transferring the thinking and behavior patterns that underpin excellence in any area, kind of the hidden secret sauce of success that usually super highly successful people aren't even consciously aware that they're doing this. It gives us a way to decode it and to transfer it to others. Now, I've studied, obtained training in, I've trained one of the founders, uh, gone up to master practitioner level. I've also been trained in design human engineering, which is an extension of NLP by one of the founders, Richard Bandler, and a number of other leaders in NLP. And I've used it in both coaching and business for decades, and I have yet to find a comparable human performance technology. The closest thing I found is sports psychology. And I was actually in school aiming to be a sports psychologist when I ran across NLP and liked it better. But I'm a fan of sports psychology too, and it's different from typical psychology in that typical psychology has the paradigm of study problems in order to fix them. And Bandler and Grinder's counter to that was, well, if you just study problems, that just teaches you how to model the problems. We want to model highly successful people so we can transfer success. And for fixing problems, for the remedial aspect of NLP, we want to study people who have overcome those problems and find the patterns they use so we can transfer those. And that's how they came up with these methods that startled people 
with the ability to do things like cure schizophrenics who'd been totally written off. The ability to do things like cure a phobia in minutes. Now I know it's got critics, and I think that's true for anything that challenges established paradigms. Because when entrenched followers have staked their lives and careers on a model, experience it getting undermined by disruptive technology, they tend to react. And I try not to hold it against them. Uh, like a disruptor in another field is asked how he stays calm given all the attacks on his revolutionary findings. And he answered, and I'm paraphrasing here, they're just playing their parts in the system. This is what happens when paradigms are changing. If those particular people weren't doing it, someone else would be filling those seats. This is just how systems work when there's a new paradigm coming in. Yet to see a really relevant and valid criticism of NLP when it's done well by someone who's credible and well-trained. Come from anyone who understands it and also doesn't have something to lose by its success. And there's people who feel their models are threatened. So the criticisms of it doesn't work and it's dangerous, hmm, those aren't hard to find. And I hope they don't dissuade you from looking into it to advance your thought leadership, whether that's gaining skills yourself or working with an NLP practitioner or NLP coach. So my goal here is to just kind of give an overview uh, to give a sense of how much there is to gain by utilizing NLP and strategic thought leadership, both in accelerating the development of the thought leader and in developing a well-constructed strategic thought leadership program or campaign. And you can dig deeper if you want to study more. Uh, my goal is to communicate it in a way that's empowering and consider that working with NLP is higher level influence than just transferring knowledge. And to me that really comes in handy for strategic thought leadership because having a real impact means impacting people on the level of their belief systems, their mental models, what they hold is true about whatever it is, whatever your field is, whatever your product is, whatever your service is, your leverage is gonna be in helping people take a perspective that changes their mental model about it or their belief. And so it's a higher level of influence because if you change a belief, it, you'll find the knowledge to support that belief. But if you have a limiting belief that keeps you from using your skills and knowledge, it doesn't matter how skilled you are, you'll stop yourself. So that's how belief is a higher level of change and, and values as well as a higher level of impact. 
And with NLP, we can decode prevalent mental models and prevalent values and other levels like identity in a marketplace by using it to analyze the structure of language when people talk authentically online about a topic, which usually happens in places like comment threads on polarizing blogs. Somebody writes a blog post that offends some people, people will tell you what's important to them, their values, when they feel they're being stepped on. And they will reveal their mental models. Here's what's true. And so when you discover that there is an opportunity to help people better fulfill what's important to them, their values, by giving them a new model, a new way of thinking about it. You've got an opportunity for thought leadership where you can move a marketplace to your way of thinking and leave everyone else way behind. So from a strategic basis on developing a market niche that you can command and be the exclusive sole player in, there's nothing else like it. To give you an example, there's a client I work with, John Mulvey, who owns a business called Digital Echo. Now, Digital Echo helps businesses make their websites compliant for people with disabilities. So if someone's functionally blind, it makes it easier for them to use a website. And this became a really big deal when there was a lawsuit a few years ago because a blind person couldn't order pizza from Domino's, sued Domino's, and won. Now, there are some guidelines for this. And there's lots of cases where businesses aren't compliant. Well, the mental model in his field previously was about this being a technical issue. And being a, you know, a website meeting technical standards meant that he had to deal with the IT department. And sometimes IT departments can be a little territorial about having outside contractors do certain things. And it's a, a hard sales process. So when we started analyzing these conversations and having the kind of possibility brainstorming type conversations that we do looking at this analysis together, something emerged, an opportunity for a strategic thought leadership position connecting website accessibility to diversity and inclusion. So the old belief, the old model we're moving his marketplace from is, you know, accessibility is a technical issue, we can postpone it. The new mental model, the thought leadership position is accessibility is a necessary component of inclusion. So it's mandatory to do right now. We supported it with a bunch of linguistically engineered talking points designed for persuasion. Like, doesn't it demonstrate more caring to include the handicapped users of your site in your inclusion program? you postpone any aspect of inclusion, like accessibility, you could be perceived as not walking your talk, be called out for it, you could appear incongruent. 
if you include accessibility online as part of your diversity and inclusion, you'll have the most bang for the buck in terms of impact on people, since more people know you by your web presence than any other way. So it isn't about postponing accessibility. It's more like neglecting full inclusion, and nobody can afford to do that right now. And including accessibility aligns with your higher purpose as I understand it. And know that a lot of John's customers are hospitals, so their mission has something to do with healing the community. And doesn't it demonstrate more caring to include the handicapped users of your site in your inclusion program? If we're gonna neglect accessibility, that'd be like not even having a handicap entrance. To some, it'd be like kneeling plywood over the doors. He told me that it transformed his sales process. Now, I'm quoting him specifically now. It says, by structuring the conversation about next level up values, we're able to talk about the big picture of the organization, how our service supports that. And what John personally told me was that it opened a door to dealing with very receptive human resources departments that immediately saw the need to get his web accessibility program to include handicapped people using their websites and their diversity and inclusion program. So he's not calling IT departments now. He's getting in with HR. They're extremely receptive. There's high level conversations. It transformed his sales process. Just one little thought leadership position. And it would not have come together quite that way without the skill set of NLP that I brought to it and understanding values in mental models and how to sort those so that you can engineer a new mental model properly. That came from the audience attunement of listening for audience values and mental models. Going to the audience side of the table, hearing it through their ears and looking at it through their eyes. So in general, what we're trying to do with NLP and thought leadership is what you might call metaprogramming, taking control of your own programming, number one, because we all have these programs running in our heads in the background, we don't really notice them. This little voice going, these pictures, these feelings, and on one hand, they're really random, but on the other hand, they structurally create our perception of the world because one of the important presuppositions or belief systems that supports NLP is that people don't react directly to reality. They react to their mental model of reality, to the model of the world, which is a wonderful thing to understand because if you're reacting to the model of the world, well, you've got control to change your world. So it's taking control of it. So when somebody says, NLP is mind control, damn right it is. Why wouldn't you want to control your own mind? And it's not about controlling other people's minds. As a matter of fact, it's about giving them more freedom. You're giving them more options. You're not taking away somebody's old choice. Like John's hospital clients could certainly have continued to think of web accessibility as an IT issue if they chose to, 
they changed their mental model to realizing, oh, no, this is an HR issue. It's about diversity and inclusion because it's better for them. When you give people a better option, they still have their old options. You're increasing people's options. You're not taking people's options away from it. So like the example with John, NLP is a wonderful tool for being able to use some of the language structure tools for deeper insight into marketplace thinking that reveals opportunities that I don't know any other way to find. Now I should back up a second and make it clear that you know what what I do as a strategic thought leader, coach, and consultant is not purely NLP based. It's one part of the toolkit. I think there's other essential toolkits to draw from as well, as well as the thought process of strategic thought leadership. Uh, systems thinking is a big part of it too. And systems thinking is essential when you're dealing with counterintuitive systems like organizations or marketplaces because you can use all the NLP in the world about how to optimize performance, but you might be leaning the ladder against the wrong wall if you haven't used systems thinking to understand where your leverage is so you're applying your effort in the right place. Game theory comes in handy as well, especially in competitive marketplaces because you want to set up the right cooperative games versus competitive games if you're changing marketplace thinking. You don't want to create adversaries where you're not consciously choosing to do that. So game theory is another part. Um, mythic archetypes I found very helpful as well. It's like Jungian psychology speaks to immutable characters and storylines that appear in stories and dreams in various different cultures because they're part of our what he calls our shared mind. Now, I'm not saying that's, quote, true or not. I don't care. If you use it as a working model, as if it's true and it's helpful, that's the criteria. And that's there's similar criteria about NLP. It's not about what's true or not. And I bring that up because I've seen somewhere online where somebody said, the latest brain science doesn't agree with this part. Well, NLP doesn't care about physiological brain science in the sense that if a technique is useful, it doesn't matter what model you use to explain how it worked as long as it does work. And the models are just to help us think about it, but it's more about what's useful than about what's true. Because anything that science finds is true could be refuted. Think about what we thought was true 100 years ago. Things like quantum mechanics have completely overturned. You know, we're about what's useful. What about what's effective? And effective for things like peak performance training. Because if you want to be I would say if you want to be seen as a thought leader, but if you want to be successful at strategic thought leadership, which is a different perspective than being seen as a thought leader, because being seen as a thought leader might just mean people honor your expertise. It doesn't mean you change their mind about anything. I take the phrase literally when we're talking about thought leadership. It's leading thought, leading it to a new place, changing people's perspective in a helpful way to help them get more value out of what you sell, to help them have a deeper 
appreciation for a set of criteria that might only match what you sell. So you can create exclusive demand for a product or service or be able to elevate the use of a product or service to a completely different purpose and elevate its purpose that way. There's lots of shifts in perspective you can bring about when you have insight and persuasion skills. Because once you have insight, then you need to have impact, okay? And impact is about persuasion. And NLP has a fantastic tool set for increasing your persuasion ability and increasing your motivation and effectiveness as a leader because as a leader you want to be exuding confidence exuding a high level of energy being sensitive and aware but also being in control being very focused and being inspired for vision you know but having empathy for your audience at the same time so it's an ideal state of mind and if there's an ideal state of mind for thought leadership NLP either practiced as a skill or more effectively using an NLP practitioner or coach because even if you're an expert at NLP and I certainly consider myself a high-level expert. I have demonstrated my skill in it in a lot of different contexts and created many breakthroughs from it, including creating a system that helped thousands of people who had, had trouble losing weight and getting fit be very successful in it. So we had a fitness program that oriented around the mental game realm. Not just knowing what exercises to do and knowing what foods to eat, but knowing how to get highly motivated and how to focus that motivation on progressive goals that build confidence and create an experience of success where people didn't have it before. And to change people's identity so that it aligned with what they wanted to accomplish. To help people change their beliefs so their beliefs supported what they wanted to accomplish. So it's getting a, a fully aligned around the goal. That's what NLP can do for thought leadership too, is help you have the congruence of highly effective leaders. So when people see you on stage, see you in video, hear you on a podcast, hear you over Zoom and see you over Zoom or in person, you are exuding a mission fully congruently. It's very obvious that you are completely aligned with it. It's a skill. It's a skill how to increase and direct your alignment, how to increase and direct your motivation. Like if I was working with someone who said, I want to increase my presence when doing public speaking, and I'm not assuming this is a remedial issue where someone says I just fall apart when I get on stage because if they were, I would help them by re-anchoring, by bringing in new feelings so strongly and asking things like, do you remember a time when you were 
absolutely charged with confidence. Doesn't matter what you were doing, just the fact that you are really, really confident. And so step back into that time and you know, see what you were seeing and hear what you were hearing. Fully step back into it. Breathe how you are breathing. Hold your body the same way. And when you have it fully back, now hold that. And we'd stack it and say, well, you remember a time when you were highly energized. And, and you were just exuding energy. You had way more physical and emotional energy than you needed to do the task at hand. Accomplished it with ease because of that super high energy level. Step back into that time and see what you were seeing. Hear what you were hearing. Feel what you are feeling. And we repeat this, stacking all these anchors so that you're confident, highly energized, aware, feeling in control. There were times you were totally in control of what was going on, and in control of yourself, especially, directing your mind and body to do specifically what you want them to do at each point in time. Can you imagine what it'd be like to have all these factors amped out so you have your best experiences of confidence stacked with your best experiences of high energy, awareness, in control, focus, feeling inspired, and having empathy and double those feelings, double them again and hold that state and imagine having that every single time you're speaking with your audience, every single time you're communicating with your audience. Can you imagine what it would be like to infuse this state? And if there's a particular brand you're representing, or you're your own brand as an influencer or a media person, what state do you want to be associated with your message? And the way to bring that about is to be a shining example of that. So you transfer it to your audience. You have to go there first, but then having, of course, the skill to bring it out in your communications, you can evoke it from your audience and attach it to what we call your thought leadership destination. You know, for Digital Echo, their thought leader destination was, hey, you gotta do website accessibility. It's a part of diversity and inclusion. Thought Leadership Studio. You know, and so empathy and responsibility and caring would be like a state to associate with that, you know. And so a quick punch list review, a couple of aspects of NLP that are especially helpful for strategic thought leadership, the ability to have market insight from understanding higher level thinking and that's 
not something I would expect most clients to understand themselves. We help them do that. So if that's something you need, we can help with it. This podcast is about transferring all I can to you in the context of the podcast. So um, just realize there's resources on our website at thoughtleadershipstudio.com that can help you help you do that. It's a membership site, so if you get you get access to more training type materials when you get the free membership. There's not a paid membership level at this time. We'll probably introduce that down the road. So everything is free. You just got to sign up for the more training oriented material at thoughtleadershipstudio.com. So high level understanding, high level influence, being able to influence on the level of beliefs, mental models, being able to understand market values and align with them so you communicate that your position is to help fulfill the higher values of your audience is very persuasive. People really resonate around values and you might notice one that your competitors have completely missed. You can use it to completely stand apart. And I'll give you an example. I've talked about another podcast, a client who does youth sports fundraising, has an app for helping kids sports teams raise money. Lots of apps do that. Every single one of them, when we started this gig, was, and I, I worked with him right at the inception of his company, but every single one of his competitors were talking about how convenient the app makes it. And the conversations we found online were found that was in conflict with a higher value of the parents and coaches who are the decision makers about these apps. Because there's a lot of dialogue going around about how, what's that teaching the kids? We used to have to work to raise money. It's just teaching them instant gratification, push a button and get money. So we had an app too, and the app was just as convenient but the difference was his business model, and this is in Power 6 I'm talking about, websites mp6.io, his model became partnering with charities so that every time the kids did a fundraising campaign, you'd have a charity partner and he would co-promote the message of the charity. And this gave him the position of, we're all about the growth of the kids, all our competitors have apps, we got an app too. They're all just as convenient as each other, really. But the difference is they're teaching them instant gratification. We're helping them grow as people by partnering with charities where they either share a small percentage of the funds raised or they do some volunteer work as part of the campaign. Either way, they're not just saying, hey, give us money. They're saying, hey, you know, support a fundraising campaign and we're also sharing a part of this or we're doing volunteer work as part of this for this charity as part of that. And the response to that was pretty much overwhelming. It immediately started getting emails from people saying, this is an unbelievably great idea. We were looking for ways to get the kids involved in the community. Never thought about doing it through their fundraising. We're not using anyone else but you going forward for our fundraising campaigns. And it enabled this business to stand apart. Now, this came from finding an unmet higher value that a new model would align with. Um, of course, it's fantastic for PR, and he's getting press on front page of sports sections and large newspapers about this concept. He's getting deals with nationwide chains of sporting goods stores, none of which would have happened without this thought leadership position of 
aligning with the growth of the kids by partnering with charity so it becomes a growth-oriented campaign. Think about it this way. The NLP gives tools for training the thought leader to be a better thought leader, to have more confidence, to feel better about getting in front of people, getting the message out, to exude the state of mind you want to be associated with, to get aligned with what they want to represent so they believe it with every fiber of their being and exude that completely and to have a clear vision of where they're leading their audience, not only seeing themselves succeeding at a high level and believing they're going to succeed at that high level and accelerating their career that way, but especially seeing their audience changing in a positive way through their positive impact, because this is all about positive impact. So the insight is one part the inspiration is another part. The inspiration to find a strategic thought leadership position that is emotionally compelling. To come up with creative ideas nobody else thought about, like with these two examples I just gave you. And NLP is a fantastic tool for training the imagination, for training the creative skills, for being able to access states of creativity and put those states of creativity where you want to use them, for being able to know a good idea from a not a good idea, and to open up the channel to get more of those really good ideas from accessing states like deep reflection, where you're kind of tranced out and those ideas just kind of emerge. You know, you get ideas in certain places like they just come to you when you're walking or in the shower, not when you're sitting down grinning hard trying to get some done, but when you're just letting them come to you. And there's something that you don't get there by hard grit and determination in that category. You do it by orchestrating an internal climate that is receptive to creative ideas and placing that so that you got those metaphorical satellite dishes open to receive just the right kind of ideas to have the breakthroughs when you need them. So tools for insight, tools for inspiration, and tools for impact. Packaging your thought leadership with persuasion, positive persuasion, not to control people that absolutely exercise mind control, control your own mind. Replace your random programming with intentional programming to create yourself is the high impact strategic thought leader that you want to be, be your best self, and to take models of excellence and be able to pull from them and to place that programming where you need it in your own life, intentionally. Thought Leadership Studio.
to be able to create a campaign based around persuasive language that is really going to move a marketplace. So I found NLP to be a fantastic tool and I hope you like this podcast. This is Chris McNeil and look forward to seeing you next week. Thought Leadership Studio.